Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 239 of the Ask the Coach Show, where Ping Skills answers your table tennis questions. In the Simpsons episode, Homer's Night Out, Homer weighs himself and resolves to exercise. Six months later, he weighs himself again and resolves to exercise again. Both times, he weighed exactly 239 pounds. In today's show, we'll talk about balance, long or short forehands, and how many bats you need. I'm Jeff Plum, and sitting right next to me to answer your questions is Alois Rosario. Welcome, Alois. Thank you, Jeff. And, well, back to some number facts. Oh, well, it was a good number fact. I thought I'd throw Simpsons, it in. yeah, not that huge <laughs> fan, but, yeah, good, good one. Simpsons. And you know what? Last time I was here, Alois, was the first time we introduced the Friday Funnies segment. Wow, there you go. And we've got another one today, have we, Jeff? It we? is. It's Friday. So I've got a great joke for you today, uh, um, Alice, and everybody out there. Uh, well, yeah, and I'm sitting right next to him, so I have to laugh. Yes. That's what I need, some fake laughter after yeah, okay. my jokes. Yeah, okay, okay. Um, well, you'll be laughing for real. What is the best animal to be in winter? I don't know, Jeff. What is the best animal to be in winter? A little otter. <laughs> Told you it was good. Get the laughter. Right. <laughs> Woo! Get the laughter. laughter. <laughs> They're laughing at home. Okay. All right. Now, um, let's uh, let's get into the, the meat of the show, Alloys. Yes. And um, to do that, I need to bring up the questions and the running of the show. Good, good. And we have that here now. And yesterday's Pink Silas question of the day was, what is the most difficult thing about table tennis? Yes. And um, got all the answers here right in front of me. Um, so Ahmed and a few others um, said, keeping calm. So Mark O'Reilly said, nerves. John Hawke said, making mental mistakes. Do you see the pattern that, um, that's uh, arising here? Um Mode Hafusul said focus. Um, yeah, so quite a few. Brian Statura said mental. Um, so, yeah, quite a few of you are really concerned about um, the, the mental approach to the game and being able to stay calm in the matches. Um, so we do have a uh, section in, uh, on the Ping Skills website on uh, sports psychology with some really good tips in there. So there's something for all of you guys. Um, but others said um, footwork. Faraz said chop to smash. Yeah, that's tough. Um, Matt Massey just said playing it. Dana said staying mentally focused throughout the entire match and not letting the mind wander, which leads to mistakes. As my friend always states, he who makes the fewest mistakes wins. Mm, very profound. Um and I'm just going to find, uh, maybe I won't. Um, on... <laughs> it, it's interesting though, Alice, that, about that fewest mistakes wins because when I tried to learn chess a little bit, I had this book and it talked about, you know, people improving and they often look at all these openings and, and do all this work and try and improve. Whereas if they just made sure that their move wasn't a blunder and they weren't going to lose a piece, mm -hmm they would improve initially really quickly. So, you know, that, that first little bit of improvement was all about exactly what they said. He who makes the fewest mistakes wins. Yeah, good, good. And just on the funnier side, Nigel said, uh, regarding the pin skills question of the day, 
telling the wife why I need to go and practice three or four times a week and still keep losing in matches. That's tough. Perfect for Friday funnies. That's it, exactly. <laughs> all right. Excellent. So, yeah, thanks for all your answers. And, uh, yeah. It was interesting to see that uh, sports psychology kept popping up again and again. We always talk about practicing forehands and backhands, but it's not discussed as much how to stay calm in matches and, and yes. all that kind of stuff. So make sure you get to pingskills.com and check out our sports psychology lessons. All right. So today's Ping Skillers question of the day is should you let your kids beat you at table tennis? Love to hear your thoughts. Jump on to our Facebook page or onto the Ping Skills blog and let us know should you let your kids beat you at table tennis? All right. Now, Alois, we did a bit of our power of practice challenge last night together in the Ping Skills Share. Yeah, we did. We had a... uh... A, a session where we were both uh, doing the session, uh, doing the, our five minutes at the same time. It was pretty interesting. Um, yeah, so yesterday I snuck an extra session in because I did do my session in the morning, but since uh, we were out there filming, uh, I did another session there. Um, felt pretty good. Felt pretty good. It did. Um, it's getting better and better. Um, and I also had a minute or two go of the table tapper, and I felt pretty bad no good <laughs> you already started to get something you got like yeah. 10 in a row or something yeah, that's not bad maybe, but yeah but yeah. just and i had a quick go at the spin catcher that is impossible nah. <laughs> marcus can do it yeah marcus can do it pretty well i can't still can't believe how he just brings it down it spins on his racket incredible yeah yeah can do it yeah 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 marcus um, yeah, so everybody keep sending in your videos, keep practicing. If you haven't started yet, get involved, pick a skill, table tapper or the spin catcher and uh, start your five minutes of practice, video a few things, post it into the internet with the hashtag power of practice. And yeah, we're getting quite a few people j- jumping on and showing us their uh, their improvement of their skills. So yeah, keep going guys. I love it. Love watching, uh, love watching the progress. Indeed. All right, Alois, what happened on this day in history? Well, it's the 11th of March. Yes, yes, it's happy anniversary, Jeff, to Romeo and Juliet. And they've been married since uh, 1302. Well done, Romeo and Juliet. 1302, that's that's a long time, really. Yeah, don't see many marriages last that long nowadays. Yeah, (laughs) excellent. And also, um, very famous birthday of the great Steve Dayton. So some of you may know Steve Dayton, some of you may not know Steve Dayton, but he is the ITTF, like head honcho guru, marketing man, um, and from, well, from Victoria, not from Melbourne, from Victoria. He was uh, from uh, up in Albury, and I remember Steve when he started playing table tennis. He was just a little kid, you know, but, um, yeah, a great guy uh, doing a great job for the ITTF. So happy birthday, Steve Dainton. Yes, big happy birthday to you, Steve. Well done. Well done on having your birthday. What do people say well done yeah, on your birthday? Uh, most people don't. Ah, oh, okay. Just did, I just yeah. did. Yeah. <laughs> well, happy birthday, Steve. <laughs> All right. Um, let's get on to some questions. Mike D has jumped on and asked one using the Google Q&A button. He said, hi, guys. I'm beginning to hear more about injuries that may have been caused with the plastic ball because the rallies are longer and there is a higher demand on power rather than tactical finesse 
What do you guys think? And should training be adjusted? Yeah, uh, yeah. I think we need to wait a little bit. You know, I mean, yeah, there, there has been a, a few comments about that sort of thing that because the ball's lighter nowadays, um, that you know, you've got to do more. You've got to put more effort into your strokes. Um, the rallies are, are getting a little bit longer. I don't think it's going to make that much difference in the long run. You know, uh, bodies will change. Um, people will train. I mean, you're training with the with the plastic ball too, right? Um, and I think you'll you'll just develop. I mean, play if there is a difference, um, players will just develop physically as well. Yeah, interesting because yeah, a few of the top players have sort of been mentioning there's injuries, and they think it might be because of that. Um, it's it's a good question, um, but I don't. I think yeah, I, I'll be interested to know just at the regular club level whether people think they're getting more injuries. I think it's just been highlighted at the top level because there has been some. So yeah, I don't feel at this stage anything needs to be changed. Yeah, and at the club level, maybe it's not as prevalent. I mean, at the top level, you know, they are playing um, a lot more physically than you and I are doing nowadays, Jeff. Um, you know, like mm. really, really going after shots. So, um, yeah, maybe. But uh, yeah, let, let's just wait a little bit, Mike. But, yeah, some interesting observations there, definitely. Yes, indeed. All right. Good question, Mike. Um now we need to move on to the next questions, which is from Binda. And Binda says, hold on. <clears throat> Excuse me, Alice. Just need to clear my throat. Right. You okay? I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Um, Binda says, hi, Alois. Playing table tennis on a regular basis will surely result in a body imbalance because one side, because you use one side more than the other. Do you think this might cause injuries long term? Uh, Bindi, you're definitely right. So, um, I mean, table tennis uh, basically is a one-arm sport. So one arm um, and one side of your body is definitely working more than the other side. So you, have, you do have to be careful. You know, players that play for a long time, you'll see that, um, you know, this, this side is developed a lot more than their non-dominant side. And that can also you know, uh, relate to, you know, your back and, uh, and, and your legs and, and those sort of things. So, yes, uh, it's really important that if you are playing a lot of table tennis over a long period of uh, time, as in a lot of years, that you do need to do some strength and conditioning and focus on your non-dominant side because if you don't, you're going to, you know, as uh, Binda said, develop that, um, that, dominance on one side the development on one side is going to be uh, different so uh, yeah and that can cause to uh, that can lead to a whole lot of issues with your body so you know we're, we're basically symmetrical beings so uh, we need to we, you do need to work on your non-dominant side physically as well mm, interesting now for those tennis fans out there has anyone noticed how skinny roger federer's left arm is have you seen how skinny his left arm is no, i just i just see his forehands Back well, next time you watch Roger Federer, have a look. His left arm is like that skinny. Really? The smallest arm in the world. Even though he throws the ball up so often. Even though he throws the ball up so often. Okay. Is that your Friday funny? No, that was serious. <laughs> Good one. All right. Um, moving on. That's why I do the Friday funnies. Um, <laughs> Gil said, why do some professional players play with longer movement for their forehand topspin and others shorter. What are the advantages with the longer movements? Yeah. So the 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 longer movements give you more consistency um, of stroke. So um, by yeah, watch out, Jeff. 
So by having a longer movement, um, the each point becomes uh, less um, reactive, I suppose. So so if if it's a start position here and a finish position there, over that longer movement, the, the bat's moving in a nice um, even path. If it's a shorter movement like this, there's uh, more margin for error in that shorter short amount of uh, space. So, you know, the, the bowls and those sort of guys that do this and, and play that shorter, faster movement, um, it, is, it is more difficult. Um, but, you know, it, it, they do become a little bit more efficient, I guess, because that, um, that movement is, yeah, it leads to errors as well. And the other thing is to be able to generate the speed over that short amount of time. So with that longer movement, you can, you can generate the speed on your backswing uh, before you hit the ball. With the shorter movement, you, you've only got that far to, to generate the speed. So it can be harder on your body as well. Uh, the, the longer movements tend to be a lot smoother and easier on your body too. Yeah, it's interesting because I think initially the longer movement, you quite like the longer movement, I think. Um, it seems harder to make sure you're connecting with the ball when you're first learning, so the shorter movement might be easier to connect with the ball. But then, yeah, I guess, like you said, the longer movement, if you get those start and finish positions, it's easier to get the correct stroke. Yeah, so the, that, that's right. But if you're... Um, if you're trying to generate speed off that uh, shorter movement, then it becomes more risky. Yeah, because you've got to move the bat so quickly. Yeah, so okay. the bat needs to move faster um, over that shorter period of... Uh, so if someone is just learning the top spin, uh, how do yep. they approach this? Yep. Um, look at the videos. Um, look at where the start and the finish positions are that we talk about. And that's the ideal for learning the stroke. So you don't want to be back here trying to um, wind up for your forehand. Start in the start position we talk about, finish in the finish position, and that's a really good balance between short and long, and it will, it will enable you to learn the stroke well. Excellent. All right, great question, Eel. Now, the next question is from Devanathan. Devanathan? Yeah. Yeah. Let's go with hey, Devanathan. Devanathan says, I'm just ahead of the beginner level, but don't use the same bat every time. Should I stick to one single bat? And if so, what would be your blade and rubber suggestion for me? Yeah, so Devin Nathan, definitely try to get yourself a bat that you're used to um, and that you can use each time. If you're always changing bats, then make a mistake. You're never quite sure whether it is the, the bat or your technique that is the thing that you need to change or you need to adjust to. So by having the same bat each time you go out and practice, then there's no excuses. It's a matter of, okay, I just need to keep going with um, with my technique um, every time you make a mistake. So relating it back to the power of practice and the spin catcher challenge, if I um, turned up every day with a different bat um, to, to do that spin catcher, challenge because of the, the very fine nature and the control I'm sure the progress wouldn't be as fast um, because it would be a matter of uh, getting used to that and then I don't know whether I've got the right angle because of the bracket or not or whatever it is so um, yeah so definitely get yourself a bat that you can use regularly and you'll find that um, that'll settle your settle your mind and it'll also just help you to 
progress. Indeed. Now, Lois, we do get this question all the time. What, what blade and rubbers should he be using? That one. Um, yeah, so we've got the we've got the ping skills rook, uh, a bat that we have that um, that suits player of your um, sort of level. You know, just past the beginner and and starting to learn the strokes well. The most important thing of all of these about all these bats is the type of rubber that you have on it. So you don't want anything super fast, super spinny. You want something though that has. Um, you need to have some sponge underneath there. So you need to have a little bit of uh, sponge underneath the rubber. So you've got um, some grip um, and also the surface needs to be grippy as well. So you can see, oh, well, you can't see there exactly, but I'm rubbing the ball against the, the rubber and there's some friction there. So that allows the friction and the ability to to generate some spin and control with your shots as well. So Yeah. So if you just get a couple of $5 bats from Kmart, they're going to have no spin and no grip and you're not going to be able to develop your serves and your top spin and, and things like that. So you do need a bat with some grip. Do they have Kmart in India? Um, good question. <laughs> Just a, you know, a, yeah. a big department store. All right. And uh, Devin Athen will put a link on our How to Choose a Table Tennis Bat, which talks about the different levels. So as you progress, you might want to move from a pre-made bat to a custom bat. And um, that video explains it all nicely for you. Excellent. All right, Alois, that wraps up show 239. 239, done. Great show. Yes. Great show. So, uh, everybody, have a great weekend. Thank you all for your questions. Thanks for watching or listening on the podcast. Make sure to visit pingskills.com. Sign up for your free account so you get lots of great table tennis tips and can watch all of our videos there. Absolutely, yeah. Get into it. Get into the site. Learn as much as you can, and don't forget your power of practice. Get on there. We want to see, want to see how well you can progress your skills. Indeed. All right. Thanks, everyone. Have a great weekend. Bye. 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 Bye.